And we are so delighted to share the ministry of Kurt and Stephanie Plegenhoff with you this morning. Just before they come, we want to introduce their ministry to you in Albania, the Balkans. And uh, to do so, we're going to do so by video. So if we can have the lights down, and uh, let's show that introductory video right now. And it's a great way to share their ministry with you. God bless you as you view this. It worked in the first two services. Here we go. In 1992, I saw a video of believers being baptized in Albania in the Adriatic Sea. And they were some of the first believers to be baptized in Albania for centuries. The communist government had just fallen in 1991. Albania was Muslim under the Ottoman Empire for 500 years. And then after its independence, a communist government took control and it was communist and atheist for 50 years. It was the world's only officially atheist country. But God's people around the world were praying, praying that Albania would open up. It was the most closed, isolated country in the world, much like North Korea today. And so in response to people's prayers, God caused the communist government to fall, which brought democracy and freedom and the gospel. In 1995, we came. We've been serving here in Albania and among the Albanian people in the Balkans for the last 19 years. We came with a call to church plant, to preach the gospel where Christ is not known so that those who have never heard it can hear. And so we came, studied the language in Tirana, the capital, for a year, prayed for God to direct us to an unreached city, cities with no churches, no believers, no missionaries. And so in 1996, we moved to Fuscruya. We began by sharing the gospel with people in their homes through visits and drinking coffee and reading the scripture. This was the first time they'd ever heard the word of God, ever heard uh, from the Bible. We prayed with people, prayed for healing. And through that ministry, uh, one by one, God began to save Albanians. And the Church of Jesus was born in Fushkruya, Fushkruya Assembly of God. One young lady had a vision of God one day. This was before we moved to Fushkruya. She saw him and she began to pray to him, but didn't know his name. After we came to the city and shared the gospel with her, she said, I saw Jesus. That was Jesus in my vision. And she gave her heart to Christ and then got discipled and became our children's pastor. Went to the Bible school as well. And so the Lord did many miracles like that and leading the first believers to Christ. After planting that first church in Fushkruya, God began to speak to us as well as to our whole missionary team and national leadership team about starting a Bible school. So he led us back to Tirana, the capital of Albania, where we founded a Bible school, Evangelical Theological College, in 2003. At the same time, we founded the National Church, the Albanian Assemblies of God. And so we've been training Albanian ministers, church planters, missionaries for the last 11 years, and God is doing a great work here. Albania is a developing country, so it has a lot of economic challenges 
And for that reason, we have done a lot of compassion ministry. We have helped with a lot of humanitarian aid over the years. We've helped in flood situations. We've helped in refugee situations. We even ran a refugee camp housing um, refugees from Kosovo during the war in 1999. When you're in economic need, it means that you need someone beyond yourself to help you, to minister to you, to encourage you. And that's a great platform and opportunity for the gospel. In 1991, when the communist government fell, there were only three known believers in the country and zero churches. And today, there are 200 evangelical churches and over 20,000 believers. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he has been true to his word. Our vision is to church plant all over Albania and then outside of Albania uh, to send out Albanian missionaries and so we are also working in Kosovo and Macedonia, Montenegro, and Turkey. Montenegro is the most unreached country in Europe. There are only three churches and 120 to 150 believers. In Kosovo, before the war in 1999, there were only 150 known believers and six evangelical churches. Today, there are 25 churches, 1,500 to 2,000 believers. Just a beginning, but a great start among the Albanian people of that nation. We have a church planting team in Skopje, the capital of Macedonia. And so they are planting the first Albanian church in Macedonia. And our goal is that every Albanian in the Balkans and then beyond have an opportunity to hear the gospel, to have a church planted in their community, in their language, and for them to be changed. I want to thank all of you who are partners. Thank you for your prayers, for your support, for staying with us. We couldn't be here and would not be here without you. So thank you for standing with us and all that you're doing to build the kingdom of God here in the Balkans and beyond. Praise the Lord. Aren't you excited to see what God is doing through your missionary prayer support and your giving? I want to introduce to you right now, Michigan born and raised, your missionary, Kurt Plagenhoff and family to Albania. Come, Kurt, if you would. God's blessings upon you. Thank you, Pastor Phil, and good morning, church. It's a joy to be with you today. I'm here with my family. I'd like to ask them to stand. Stephanie, my wife. My two daughters, Hannah and Sarah, our little boy Joel is in Children's Church. I'm thankful for a family that loves and serves God together. Each of my children are loving and following Jesus. Hannah just graduated from North Central in Minneapolis and is seeking God's direction for her next step in ministry, the call of God, heading toward missions. Sarah's heading into North Central as a sophomore this year, also called of God to ministry. Our little, joy boy, our little boy, Joel, he uh, says he's called to be a, a cooker and missionary and a truck driver and superhero and who knows what God God has in store for his life. Stephanie, uh, my wife, she is also an ordained Assemblies of God minister along with me. We studied together, got licensed, ordained together, have served together, partners together in life and ministry. She served as children's pastor, academic dean of our Bible school, director of Global University in Albania, a great blessing. So it's wonderful to be with you and to be together. 
We have been blessed to have Pastor Phil and Becky with us in Albania and Italy over the last couple years. They have been, you have been a great blessing and encouragement to us and a great blessing to the Italian Assemblies of God. Uh, as Pastor has told you, we started two years ago a conference for Italian businessmen in Palermo to present missions to them. And uh, Pastor Phil's love for God, passion for mission, and anointed preaching have really been a strategic part of instilling missions, God's heart for missions, in them. The Italian Assemblies of God is a rising giant for missions and partnering with us in the Balkans. And so we're thankful for what God is doing through that connection. The Italians, and I understand there are a number of Italian background people here. Uh, raise your hand if you are Italian. Italian background, okay. The Italians are passionate about three things. At least this is what I have observed. Italian believers are passionate about good preaching, good food, pasta with every meal, and good friends and family. Uh, I speak a little bit of Italian. 1 Corinthians 1 says, Noi predichiamo Cristo, la potenza e la sapienza di Dio. In English, uh, we preach Christ, the power and wisdom of God. In Albanian, ne predicoim Christim, fucia e orcia e perendis. Joe, where are you, my Albanian friend I just met? How many Albanians are here? Do we have other Albanians in the house? It's a blessing, a joy to me when I meet Albanians. How about other people that are Balkan background? Macedonian, Serbian, uh, Balkan background people? Raise your hand, Pastor told me. God bless you. I feel at home when I have Balkan background people here. Thank the Lord. In whatever language we use, it's all about Jesus. Amen? We preach Christ. We live Christ. We worship Christ. We serve Jesus. Uh, I want to thank you for your love and prayers and faithful partnership in the gospel with us in the Balkans. I want you to know that this mission to Albania and the Balkans, it's our mission together. We couldn't be there without you. We are literally your hands extended, bringing the love of God and the gospel of Jesus to a lot of people who have never heard it before. So thank you. Thank you as well to your, for your giving to ministries like Speed the Light, Light for the Lost, and BGMC. These ministries help equip us uh, to do the work of God there in a much greater way. Uh, Twenty years ago, we left America for Albania with a clear call and a fervent passion to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. To those who have never heard it before, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes it. And the gospel has changed Albania and is changing the Balkans. Uh, God has transformed Albania from being the most closed country in the world to perhaps the most open country in the Muslim world today. There are now more believers in Albania today than all the Western Balkans combined. That is a miracle of God. In a Muslim, atheist, communist context, it's a miracle of God that I pray will be duplicated in North Korea as well. Jesus is Lord. He is God. He is Savior. Missions, the mission of God, is all about bringing the good news of Jesus to unreached people, to people who have never heard it before and can't hear it because they have no access. 
No opportunity to hear it. In Romans chapter 15, God tells us why unreached people are so important to him. We read in this chapter that unreached people are God's promise, his passion, and his priority. I pray today that as we read the word and share, that unreached people will become your promise, passion, and priority. Many years ago, I heard missionary evangelist T.L. Osborne preach. How many of you have heard of T.L. Osborne, maybe heard him preach? God used him in over 90 nations of the world to reach millions of people. Great salvation and healing crusades, many miracles happen. When I heard T.L. Osborne preach, he repeatedly and distinctly said many times, see people like God sees people. God burned those words into my spirit that night. And I pray today that you, that we will see people like God sees people. Loved by the Lord, created by God to know him and worship and serve him. But sinners, lost, in need of a Savior, which is why God sent his Son. See people like God sees people. How many of you want to make a difference in your community? Shelby Township. How many of you want to make a difference in the world for the cause of Christ? See people like God sees people, and he'll use you to change the world around you. Let's begin by reading in Romans chapter 15, verses 8 through 12, which quotes four scriptures from the Old Testament. And every time we read the word Gentiles, we're going to replace it with unreached people. Because that is who, in fact, Paul was referring to when he says Gentiles, he's referring to all the non-Jewish people outside of Israel that had yet to hear the gospel. Let's start reading in verse 8. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises, underline promises, made to the patriarchs. So that unreached people may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among unreached people. I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, rejoice, O unreached people, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you unreached people. And sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up. One who will rise to rule over the nations. Unreached people will hope in him. First, God has called us to unreached people because unreached people are his promise. Look at verse 8 again. Verse 8 says that unreached people were promised to the patriarchs. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God said it like this. He promised Abraham, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We call this the promise plan of God. It was his master strategy from the beginning, from Genesis, and we see it all the way through Revelation, that all peoples, that every tribe, every language, every nation know him and come to worship him around his throne. God says in, in Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. For many years, we asked God, not only for Albania, but we asked him for the Balkans. Uh, many people 
in this rugged region of southeastern Europe have never met a true follower of Christ and never heard the gospel. In December of 2013, Pastor Philip was in Prezi after the conference in Palermo. During a time of worship and prayer at the end of the service, the Spirit of God came upon me. And my whole body was buzzing with the presence of God. Felt like I was getting baptized in the Holy Spirit again. I knew God was going to do something or say something. And God spoke to me. And he said, just like I promised Canaan to Joshua and Caleb, I have given you the Balkans. And I'm moving the mountains of the Balkans before you. I had asked... I had prayed many times, but this time, for the first time, God directly and personally answered. I wept for joy. I thanked God for his promise and for this confirmation of his plan. I shared with Pastor Phil in the car as we were driving back from Prezi to Palermo. And we are standing on this promise and moving forward on this promise today. God said, ask me. And I'll make the nations your inheritance. I want to ask you today, what are you asking God for? What are you believing God to do in your life, in your family, in your church? What promise has God given you that he's expecting you to act on? God says, ask, and I'll give you your family. Ask, and I'll give you your neighbors and friends. Ask, and I'll give you your city. Ask, and I will give you your nation. No matter what the U.S. Supreme Court says about same-sex marriage, there is a higher court and a higher law to which we will all answer. Ask, and I will give you your nation. There has never been a more critical time, I believe, to ask and believe God for our nation than now. If we ask, God will answer. Boldly ask and go forward in obedience. God will use you. He will honor his word. He will give you what you're asking for because he's already promised them to us. In the name of Jesus today, we ask for Shelby Township. We ask for salvation and repentance. In the name of Jesus, we ask for mission, for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and revival, a great turning to God. In the name of Jesus today, we ask for America. We proclaim a spirit of repentance, faith in Christ, freedom, truth, and righteousness at every level of society and government. We ask in faith. And we give thanks, believing God to answer. In the name of Jesus, we ask for the nations. We ask that every nation, every people, every language would have the chance to hear the gospel and be saved. Almost half of them are still waiting to hear for the first time. As we prepare to return to Albania next year, we intend to keep asking and believing God for more more demonic powers defeated, more lost people saved, more church plant, churches planted in areas that have never had churches, more Albanian ministers trained, uh, more uh, national missionaries sent out. 
Our goal over the last four years was to plant five new churches in Albania. I'm happy to report to you today, our fellow stockholders, that nine new church plants have been launched and are going forward with the gospel. Our vision is for a church planting movement, which means that every local church is multiplying itself by planting other churches. Our church in Instituti, outside of Tirana, the capital, is planting a new church in Bathore, an area with tens of thousands of people that have never heard the gospel. Uh, Over 150 people are being touched by their weekly ministry. In the last two years since its launch, about 25 people have come to know Christ, mostly young people. 25 people may not sound like many to you, but in our Muslim context, it's a strong start, and we thank God for it. We have a multinational team of Albanians, Brazilians, Finns, and Romanians serving in this area, led by a graduate of our Bible school named Gensi. Several years ago, Gensi was on his way to Greece as an illegal immigrant to work there, earn some money, send, send it home to help his family. And he was turned back by the police at the border. And on his way home, he had a Damascus Road experience. Jesus appeared to Gensi. He met Christ. Jesus was calling him to salvation and calling him to serve him. And Gensi fought against the Lord. He didn't believe and he didn't want to believe. Gensi struggled with Jesus all night long. Just like Paul God blinded him. He couldn't see. And Gensi wrestled with the Lord. Finally in the morning, Gensi submitted his life to Christ. He said yes to the call of God. God opened up his eyes again. He found a local church in that area, got discipled, later came to our Bible school, and now Gensi is giving his life so that others can see. In our church plant in Skopje, Macedonia, which you saw on the video, It took five years of hard work and persevering prayer before the first two believers came to Christ last year. Five years, two believers. We believe, we know that they are the first of many that are going to come in that hard field. Uh, Our team there is also reaching out to surrounding villages like Malin. When we sent our first team to Malin last year, the villagers there told us, we have been here for 400 years in this village. And this is the first time we've ever heard this good news of Jesus. And they are responding. Our goal over the next five years is to send Albanian missionaries to Kosovo, Montenegro, and Turkey, places where our national church has no resident personnel. Church, if you will seek the lost, God will give them to you. If you will ask for the unreached, God will give them to you because he's already promised them to us. If we'll just pray and witness and give and love, be the light God has called us to be, he will give you your family, your city, the nations. He's promised them to us. Let's believe and act on the promise of God. Amen? Let's continue reading in our text from Romans chapter 15, verses 20 and 21. Verse 20, it's always been my ambition or passion to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. 
Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. First, we saw that the unreached, that unreached people are God's promise to us. And second, here, we read that God has called us to unreached people because unreached people are his passion. Verse 20 says, it's always been my ambition, my passion to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. Paul was passionate about going to places and reaching people that had never heard the gospel before. It was his apostolic call and heart. Passion is a powerful force. Stephanie and I met in college. We were both missions majors set on winning the world for Jesus. And uh, I had been praying for a godly, called, blonde-haired, beautiful, blue-eyed Swede. And when I saw Stephanie, I said, that's it. There she is. As we got to know each other, passion grew. We spent a lot of time talking in the cafeteria and outside of classes, sharing, getting to know each other. And then later, after we were engaged and before we got married, we were separated for some months. And so all we could do is write letters and talk on the phone. And so I wrote her every day many pages and the more i wrote the hotter those letters got the more the passion grew we didn't have email facebook cell phones back then we were restricted to writing paper letters which we hardly use anymore and calling on the phone and uh, uh when i heard when i would hear her voice on the telephone it was the sweetest music these ears have ever heard I remember reaching out, kind of nervously, to touch her hand for the first time. I touched her hand, and wow, fireworks. Talk about Fourth of July. Fireworks. We're going, uh, we're <laughs> going off inside of me. And now, we just celebrated our 24th anniversary a couple weeks ago. And as I look at her now, after 24 years of marriage, I love her even more. Certainly more deeply and truly. This is passion. It's the love of God. And in our relationship with the Lord, passion is the same. When we love the Lord, we can't wait to spend time in his presence we want to be with him as much, as long as we can. When we love the Lord, we can't wait to get his letters, to read the Bible, the heavenly post, and hear what he has to say. When we love the Lord, we can't wait to hear his voice. It's sweet. It's encouraging. It's empowering. We want to please his heart. We want to honor his name. We want to be faithful to him. And when we love the Lord, we begin to love the people. That he loves. When I married Stephanie, even before through our engagement, I got to know her family. I grew to love and respect her parents and her three brothers and other family members. When we love the Lord, we love his family and we love the loss that he wants to be in his family. We love lost people. I ask you today, what are you passionate about? What makes your heart burn? How do you spend your time and energy and prayers and money? Is there a burden, a fire in your heart 
when you look at lost people, when you think about unreached people, those who have yet to hear, I encourage you, I exhort you, spend your passion on heavenly things, on lost people, on witnessing and reaching them, on unreached people, sending the gospel to them, things that will last forever. Not temporary things that are going to burn. What are you willing to sacrifice for Jesus and for the people whom he loves? For the people whom Christ died. Jesus said, if we don't give up everything we have, we cannot be his disciples. That's one of the most challenging verses in scripture to me. It's not my word, it's his. Give up everything we have. Could be mother, father, son, daughter, house, home, America, homeland, as in our case. Could be dream, school, profession, vision, whatever it be. He says everything. He's calling for nothing less than total surrender, than absolute sacrifice, than complete obedience. That's what he's asking from all of us as followers of Christ is his passion burning in your heart today? I want you to think of not only these people far away on the other side of the globe in the Balkans. I want you to think of your lost family members and friends and neighbors, those that you work with each day, go to school with, those around you that God has called you to reach and be a witness to. If we are followers of Christ, we are active witnesses, praying, loving, sharing our faith every day. If we are not a witness, if you are not a witness, you are not following Christ. I pray that his passion and love, presence would rise up in you today, fill you and anoint you for the local mission and for the global mission. Third, God has called us to unreached people because unreached people are God's priority. Verse 21 identifies those who are at the top of Paul's and God's priority list. It says those who have not been told about him and those who have not heard. This is biblical missions. There are three kinds of lost people. First, those that have heard the gospel and rejected it. Second, those that have not heard the gospel but could hear it because they live within reach of it. They have access. They have opportunity. And third, those who have not heard the gospel and cannot hear it because they are out of reach. They have no access. They have no opportunity. There are no churches, no believers, no missionary. There is no gospel access on television, on, on radio for them, or internet for many of them. No access. I often think of these people on Sunday mornings as I'm going to church to enjoy the freedom of worship that we have in America and back in Albania. We are so free. There's so much opportunity for many of these people in the Balkans and elsewhere in the unreached world. If they wanted to go to church today, if they wanted to hear about God, if they wanted to learn more about this Jesus that someone uh, mentioned to them, where would they go? 
There are no churches in their villages, their cities, perhaps their regions. There are no believers or missionaries, no other witness. They're unreached. First photo, please. Over 99% of the 60 million people in the Balkans do not know Christ. Without the Lord, they are lost. They will die in their sins, and they will go to hell for eternity. Because of their sin, it's their responsibility. God has made a way for them through Christ. But it's also our responsibility to go and tell them so they can hear. Do we really believe? Do you really believe that lost people, even those who have never heard the gospel, are really lost and on their way to hell? This is what the Bible teaches us. Romans chapter 1 says, no one is without excuse. God's revealed himself in creation. And he has said, if you seek me, you will find me. And all who call upon me will be saved. That's his gracious offer of salvation. But these who have not heard are still lost. Next picture, please. About half of the world's 7 billion people have not heard and cannot hear because they have no witness. Most of them are Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists who live in the 1040 window, which I call the red zone, as you can see on this map. Going to unreached people means going to hard places, poor places, often dangerous places. The 10 most persecuted countries in the world for Christians are North Korea, Somalia, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Maldives, Pakistan, Iran, and Yemen. Nine out of ten of these countries are Muslim. Each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. And each year, many Assemblies of God pastors and believers give their lives for the cause of Christ. Next picture, please. On February 16th of this year, 21 Coptic Christians from Egypt were killed by ISIS in Libya only because they were Christians. I was touched as I heard the testimony from my witnesses that up until their execution, they were worshiping and praying. And up until the final moment, Jesus, the name of Jesus, was on their lips. Their last words were, the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what the threat, no matter what the price, I pray that my last words and the last word on my life will be the Lord Jesus Christ. We live and die for him. As Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Next picture, please. Their family members remembered them in this memorial service in their church in Egypt. Bashir Kamel, 32 years old, who lost his two younger brothers and one cousin said, I felt peace knowing that they died as martyrs in the name of Christ. The civil war in Syria is the worst humanitarian disaster of our time. 11 million people have been displaced and 200,000 people have been killed. ISIS 
is fighting to wipe out ancient Christian communities in Syria and Iraq. On February 25th in Syria, they abducted 150 people from Assyrian Christian villages, including men, women, children, and elderly. This is not simply a civil war over there. It's not simply a religious or extremist conflict. This is a spiritual battle for the souls of men and the nations of the earth from Syria to Charleston, South Carolina. We are fighting for the souls of men. Turkey is also part of the red zone, which we are reaching out to. Istanbul is a great city of 15 million people. In the whole country of 75 million people, there are only 4,000 believers and 150 evangelical churches in Turkey. To give you some comparison, Iran, one of the hardest places in the world, has about the same population as Turkey, but it has 75 times more believers. In fact, more Muslims are coming to Christ today in Iran than any other place in the world. We thank God for that. In 1979, before the Islamic Revolution, there were only an estimated 300 Christians in the entire country. By 2002, there were 60,000. Today, there are more than 300,000 believers in Iran, 0.4% of their population. Praise the Lord. We can thank God for that. But what about Turkey? Who's going to go? Who's going to tell? Who's going to reach those who, who have not heard? I ask you today to see people like God sees people. See the lost, see the unreached, and prioritize unreached people. Prioritize them in your praying. Prioritize the unreached in your missions giving. Prioritize the unreached in your sending, in your witness. Uh, what are you doing to bring the gospel to people where Christ is not known, to people who have never heard it before? The grace of the gospel is both a right and a responsibility. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely you must give. In verse 16, here Paul says that he was looking to gather an offering of souls, of Gentiles, of unreached people to present to the Lord. When you stand before Christ, what offering are you going to bring? I can tell you that none of our stuff from this world is going to go with us. We're going to leave our homes and our cars and our clothes and our toys and our guns and our fishing rods and everything else. We're going to leave it all, as my daughter Hannah likes to say so often, it's all going to burn. And so what are we going to present to the Lord? We are going to present two things, ourselves and then the souls that we have helped Bring the heaven with us. When you stand before the Lord, are you going to have unreached people standing around you saying, this one helped bring me into eternity? In your missions stock portfolio, I can tell you, you've got a good investment in the Balkans. And it's paying spiritual dividends. 
as people are coming to Christ. That's good, but it's not enough. God wants local dividends, people that you're reaching here, as well as global dividends, souls coming to him. What will we bring the Lord? Who will we bring to the Lord? How many will we bring to the Lord? We're all busy with daily life and work, and there are many things that compete for our priority time and energy. I exhort you today to make people, especially lost, least reached, unreached people, your priority in Christ. If you will ask God for them, and if you will reach out and pray and witness in faith, God will give them to you. He'll give them to us. It's his promise. It's his passion. It's his priority. That's why God's calling us to them. If you see people like God sees people, you'll be changed today. He'll use you to change those around you. You might ask, well, what can I do? How can I make a difference? I want to challenge you to do three things. First, you can pray. We can all pray. Our lives and the mission of God depend on prayer. Nothing happens without prayer. Please get one of our prayer cards in the foyer and pray for us. Pray for effective doors to open. Pray for the lost and pray for more workers. That's our number one need. You can also give. Next picture, please. We need to raise $1,000 in monthly support this itineration year and $100,000 towards a 900 square meter addition to our central church in Tirana. This church is strategically located in downtown Tirana, directly across the street from the embassy of Iran. And we have had Iranian officials in our church. One square meter will cost $450, and we'll make a space for one new believer to have a seat in God's house. A gift of $5,000 will provide 11 square meters for 11 new believers. This is an eternal investment with eternal rewards. In addition to praying and giving, you can also go or send others. More workers for the harvest are needed. I've mentioned Montenegro. We have no Assemblies of God workers in Montenegro, the least reached country in Europe. To put that into context, what that means, we as the Assemblies of God have workers in over 220 nations and regions of the world. You can hardly go to a place in the world where you don't find the Assemblies of God. I was in Brazil a few months ago doing a missions conference. And in Brazil, they say, everywhere you go, you find Coca-Cola and the Assemblies of God. And it's true throughout the world. We have personnel in every country in the Balkans, except Montenegro. I've been in the Balkans for 20 years. And we've sent and are sending teams, prayer and evangelism teams, in and out. But we've never had. An Assemblies of God resident worker, a missionary in Montenegro. I pray today that God will speak to somebody here and call you to Montenegro. God is speaking. He is calling. One of you young people, you're thinking about your future, thinking about God's will, God's plan. I hope that you're praying and thinking that way. I pray that God will touch you, speak to you, call you, and that you'll have the faith and courage 
Say, yes, Lord. I'll give myself to you. I'll live for you. Serve you. Serve you wherever you send me. Open up your hearts and your spiritual ears today to respond to the voice of the Lord. Will you go? Will you go? Open up your hearts today and say, God, how can you use me in your global mission? I'm open. I want to pray. I'm going to give. I'm willing to go. I'll help send others. I pray that God calls missionaries out of this church. Let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Let's focus on Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Kurt, you've been talking about missions, about preaching Christ, the gospel where Christ is not known, you may be here today and you say, Kurt, I'm not right with God. Maybe you've committed yourself to him in the past and you've walked away as I did when I was a teenager up until age 16 when God reclaimed my life. I was far away from him, living for myself, living in the world. Maybe that's you today. If you're here today and you need to get right with God, either committing your life to Christ or recommitting yourself to him, only two things are necessary. One, repentance, turning away from your sin, confessing your sin to him. And two, faith, putting your faith in Jesus, trusting him to forgive you, save you, give you new life, even eternal life. If that's you today, I just want to ask you to quickly raise your hand, and I'm going to pray with you. Raise your hand if you need to commit or recommit yourself to Jesus. Okay? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Okay? Next, you're here today, and you say, God's speaking to me about my witness, about my call, my mission. He's prodding you. To be the witness that he's called you to be at home, neighborhood, work, school. And you say, I want God's anointing. I want more of his passion. I want more faith, more boldness, more wisdom, more anointing. Raise your hand. We're going to pray for that. For you to be set on fire. To be the witness that God's called you to be. Locally and globally. Okay? Finally, if you're here today and you say, I just feel like God may be calling me to missions. And if he is, I'm open to go. I'm willing. If that's you, please raise your hand. God wants to see your heart. Yes, thank you. He wants to see your heart. I want to pray with you that God would make his will clear, that he would call you, prepare you, equip you. Any others, you say, God, if you call me, I'm willing to go. If you call me, I'm willing to go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for salvation today, that we are not among the unreached, but that you reached us. We've heard the gospel. We believed it. We've surrendered our lives to Christ. And now we're followers of Christ and witnesses of Jesus. Today, oh God, we pray, help us to see people like you see people. Fill us with your love, with your passion. Fill us with faith and power in the name of Jesus and give us souls. Use us, God, locally and globally to be the light of Jesus, to be the love and truth of God and give us souls. We ask in faith today. We commit our lives to you. God, forgive me for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender myself to you. I commit myself to you today. If that's you, pray it in your heart. God will hear you. Lord, for all these hands, people who are being challenged to step up 
and be your witness, I just pray. Ignite them today. Anoint them today. Fill them today. Fresh fire. New passion. Consuming love. Anoint them and give them souls. God, for these few, including these young people that have raised their hands, willing to go should you call them. Lord of the harvest, speak to them today. Call them out. Prepare them. Let them hear your voice clearly. Know your will and move forward in faith and believe you and obey you. Help them to put the world behind them. Kingdom of God before them. Be willing to leave everything, give up everything, lose anything to follow you and bring your gospel to lost and unreached people. God, we believe you. We surrender ourselves to you. Submit ourselves to you. Be glorified in us. Be glorified in this church. Anoint the expansion of this church. Fill this house. Fill the new addition to this house with your presence, with your people, with your passion, with the lost of God coming to Christ, being transformed and changing the world. We thank you in Jesus' name.